we had a fantastic time away. As you can tell, I'm even a little bit uh, more tan than I nor normally am. Uh, but apart from the beach and the fun time together with uh, our friends, we actually had about 130 people from all around the globe. We had people from Australia, from New Zealand, from uh, Iceland, all senior uh, pastors, senior leaders of, of Cash of Fire churches, as well as, um, as well as lead worship people. So uh, we had a great, great time together. Lots of uh, envisioning and uh, Catch the Fire is, we came away, I think we all came away feeling that Catch the Fire is really on the move. God's taking us to the next level. We've been making some sig significant integration steps with Catch the Fire and PIH. I wouldn't give you all the details because we have too much of a story to tell, but God's bringing these two movements together. And then actually people are, are being added, like massive, there's a group of people they planted 44 churches in, through uh, Japan and other countries in Asia, and they have joined the movement as well. So it's, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing that's happening, God's doing in our midst. And it's all in preparation for what, what we believe will be a massive harvest of souls all across the globe, everybody. That, bil that billion soul harvest that has been prophesied since... I don't know how long ago, 19, in 1978, 84, people have been prophesying at a billion soul harvest. And we're trying to do our part to get ready for that to happen. So I'm going to ask a bunch of our, those of us who went with us, Michelle and Sybil, to come up and uh, just take a few minutes and share their perspective on this gorgeous week that we had together. You got the mic. Oh, there it is. Hi, everybody. Good. I mean, it, it was a great time to go away. First of all, <clears throat> Michelle and I keep saying that, I mean, shouldn't keep saying that, but if we were planning a vacation, beach wasn't kind of a destination because it's kind of like you, you're, you're slowing yourself down, you're not pacing with like, you're not moving much. So I was like in the beginning, what do I do now? It was good for us because we tend to now figure out how to slow ourselves down, how do you rest ourselves in God, how do you hear from Him a little more, a little more deeper. It was a great opportunity just to be in the room of these, these mighty people that, that walked with God and talked the talk and they're such, such loving people and with humility and, and how they share the, uh, the vision and envisioning us and, and, and empowering us to do the next phase where we wanna get in, like Pastor will share more about it, but how do we do the next thing I mean, for me, it was a great time of like, you know, meeting uh, all the other worship side of the other people, what they do, and all the other worship leaders and how they do things and, and their thinking and, and the vision that they carry and how they execute that in the church. It was just a great time for refreshing ourselves and, and envisioning. I'm going to share a few, a couple of points that actually touched me as there's a lot of things that I want to do coming from that meeting was like, was packed. Uh, we only had like a couple of, I mean, it was just eight sessions that so we had to be there, but, but eight was like packed and I have books and notes and I want to do things. But a couple of things that stood out for me was like uh, all throughout the sessions, they spoke about, I mean, quite a bit of people spoke about building things with excellence yeah. and, and building something that will last, some excellence. But they, after that, they said building with excellence with purity 
and humility and not diluting our values and not diluting the holy spirit not cutting corners not your presence of god is is your is your highest priority and then right below is is being excellent and and it really struck me because you know i as 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 i'm a, i'm a doer i'm a high doer and i want to keep doing and being productive but how do i keep always keep the presence of god the highest priority and the nexus would just be below it so it was it was a great time um you know building values um and then they you know one of the session they talk about redefining normal and and we were like uh, you know kind is a big you know talks about it a lot like how do we live in the supernatural and that should be our normal and they they prayed into it and they they released us to do things well, how do you walk in the supernatural and at the first day john honors shared about you know being stubborn about the vision I mean, god has given us a vision and we want to be stubborn about the vision we don't want to let that go if in the timelines might change your strategies might change but the vision is something that we want to be stubborn about and i was like oh god that's great point and you know the thing is that we had you know worship leaders went away from when pastors met so we had a lot of good time talking to other worship leaders and we were uh you know how do you flow in the spirit how you flow from the river talked about intimacy being bold talking about being in authority and then one part that I, the last session was, to, was Seth from from New Zealand um he was talking about how to be a good visionary you know we have this great visions we wanted what do you want to build in 5 years what do you want to build in 10 years but every time i think about it i'm like but we don't have that but we don't have this but he was talking about you have a 5 year vision you break that vision down by 3 months and 6 months and and ask the holy spirit to help you to get there and i mean overall it was just it was amazing and i love the statement that that sets it i don't know i don't remember now who said this but he said our reference point is not the scene but it is the unseen and it was great i mean i had a good time but i'm just going to give it to michelle yes as civil said we had a great time and actually this is the first time so we haven't uh, been on a vacation before so it was so good especially meeting a lot of people and amazing people they um, i've seen some of them on screen but um, to talk to them getting a chance to talk to them and uh, learning from them was so amazing and what i learned from this trip was um, uh some of uh, the words that they uh, some of what the talk that they said they spoke was um about um like being a busy mom for me i'm always busy i'm always like thinking okay i what need to cook what i need i need to do the laundry i need to do groceries a lot of things on my list to do that to do this but what uh, jonathan and alice spoke about was like uh to just resting in his presence and they talked about the sabbath day where they uh, they take a day off during the week and they would just soak in his presence and just uh, quite uh, quiet themselves and listen to god and read the word and so for me i was like okay that's so good that's so great so i decided to take probably a half a day just to do that just to quiet myself and just to rest in, uh, rest in his presence and uh, <laughs> and also uh, this also uh, helps me to um, focus you know uh, it also helps me to operate in my uh, giftings in my um, to in that's a place where the prophetic would arise in worship and just uh, focusing in his presence and uh, I, um, like they also mention about like uh, in Luke 10 we read about uh, Martha and uh, Mary where Ma- Martha was always busy in their life like i you know i have to do that and she's just like i need to do that knew this but Mary was just resting at the feet of god feet of jesus so 
I would like to be like Mary, who would just, uh, just focus on Jesus and just rest. And um, I'm just looking through my notes, what all I've written. And uh, yeah, through this I feel that the prophetic will arise and being one with God, with intimacy with God, uh, spending time in Him and getting to know Him more. And another thing that I learned was uh, being a leader, we need to walk in authority. And, um, and um, walk in authority and we need to strive for excellence in every area of our lives, be it in worship, be it in our workplaces, be it in churches. And also, I like what Seth said, Seth from New Zealand. Uh, he said that um, being a man or woman with a steadfast spirit uh, who is not shaken by any circumstances. And that really touched me. I was like, yeah, uh, we, not, we, we should be a steadfast spirit within us, you know, where we are not shaken or be worried with any problems that come up, that we would be more strong in him. So I truly enjoyed this trip and uh, it was just so amazing. And the food was good, the beach was good, and um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is Elsie, everybody. Oh, you guys, it's so good to be home. I love going away, don't get me wrong, but it really is wonderful to come home. And, and first of all, I just want to thank Amanda and Joy and David and Kyan and Rachel and others who were uh, stepping in while we are away, uh, refresh, being refreshed. And um, I just, I think we have a gold mine of people here. And it really moves my heart to see you stepping into your places. And for those of you who think, um, you know, I'm, I think I could, I could be there. You know what? We all need to be there. Um, I just feel like the Lord is just saying that his hand is on us as leaders, all of us. You can lead in love. If you don't see yourself, you know, doing, um, you know, certain kinds of ministries, that one's the big one. Lead in love. And that was one of the main things that hit me on this trip was, um, you know, the Lord, um, even before we left, he had a word for us at Catch the Fire Scarborough, uh, he had a word that he's looking for a certain kind of people. And then, and then he spoke from Psalm 24 that um, uh, he wants us uh, to be wholeheartedly devoted to him, that we be washed of things that would dull our, our love for him. And he wants us, uh, he's inviting us uh, to, to come to him with clean hands and a pure heart and, and put down anything uh, in our lives that is bigger than him. Mm. And, um, and then, of course, uh, Duncan and Kate ask us to actually share that word with the Catch the Fire movement. I mean, these are people all over the globe. Do you know what? He's saying the same thing to all the churches he is saying, I want you, I want you, I'm longing for you, and I want you to have the more, but you gotta get ready for the more, and, and get rid of offenses and judgments and anger and unforgiveness and those things that, that block us. Be the first person. Uh, don't look to somebody else. Be the first person to hang on to that. That's what, that he's, he died for that so that we no longer have to live under, under that. 
And uh, so it was amazing to hear the Lord saying um, the same thing across uh, the continents. He is calling us into position and calling us to lead in love. And, um, and so um, I just want to leave that with you that, that you know, those are our pastors and leaders that are overseeing us. They are so encouraged by your devotion to the Lord. We heard it so many times. They're just amazed at the way that, that you guys are leaning in and pressing in to know God's heart and take your places. He's been speaking to us about um, ruling and reigning with him, becoming kings and priests unto God. And so whatever it is that our team can do to help you be all that, that you need to be, um, you know, we want to hear God and cheer you on in those things. Amen. Oh. All right. So at the very, at, at, the, at the end of my message, we'll take up the offering because we haven't done that yet. Uh, thank you, Mr. Alton, for reminding me. Hey, everybody. Uh, Duncan, by the way, I know there are a few visitors. Um, so all the names that we, we're throwing at you may not know who they are. But Duncan and Kate are the leaders of the whole Cash for Fire movement. And they were here a couple of Sundays ago for our 10th anniversary. And guess what? They were boasting to the rest of the Cash for Fire globe, Cash for Fire churches, about how amazing a church we are. That's you. That's you, people. That's you. The Cash for Fire Scarborough's fame is being shed abroad among the nations. In a wild, cool. I'm going to share a brief message uh, in 20 minutes about facing your giants. Facing your giants. Facing your giants, everybody. Facing your giants. Uh, Kate gave a really amazing talk, very brief talk. By the way, one of the key things about the whole week was in addition to the great teaching, was that a whole bunch of different churches got a chance to share a learning moment. So 15 minutes, what has God taught you um, in the last, uh, you know, in, 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 in your time pastoring? And so we got to share as well. But Kate, uh, Kate shared a wonderful uh, point. And I'm going to riff off of what she said. She, she, um, she pointed out that when the people of Israel, Israel were, being, uh, were about to enter into the promised land, by the way, today is the last day of uh, Sukkoth, right? The, the, uh, the Feast of um, Tabernacles. I just saw Alicia and that popped into my brain. <laughs> anyway, so Moses and the people of Israel were preparing to go into the promised land and the Lord had promised them, the Lord told them at the very beginning of Numbers chapter 13 to send one person, one representative of each uh, tribe into the land as spies to check it out because I am going to give you this land. Say this everybody, I am going to give you this land. For us believers, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and lo, I am with you always. Right? He said the very same thing to the people of Israel. Go into the land that I'm giving to you, and I will be with you. And most of you know the story. These 12 men went, and 
and 10 came back with a very uh, bad report. Only two of the 12, Joshua and Caleb, had a positive report saying that we can, yes, they're giants in the land, like these big, strong, Nephilim type people, but because the Lord has said that we can devour them, we will be able to devour them. So his conf their confidence wasn't in what they were seeing with their eyes only, but what they, were, what, they, what they had heard from the Lord. So picking up the story in uh, uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse, uh, uh, 20, uh, verse 31. Uh, this, is them, this is them coming back now. But the men who had gone up with him uh, said, We can't attack these, those people they are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. Remember that word, devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. And then they added a bit about the Nephilim. At the very end of that, he says, we seemed... This is the bad report the people are giving. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Can we have that on the screen, if possible? We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. That's the phrase that jumped out at me. We seemed like grasshopper in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. We seem like grasshoppers. We seem small and insignificant in our own eyes. And they viewed us the same way. So here's, here's, what, here's what I felt the Lord saying uh, to us. That if we go around thinking that we are, are small and, and insignificant and powerless and voiceless, well, then guess what? The people around us will see us just like that, isn't it? This is one of our core teachings in our ungodly beliefs. That if, we, if we walk around thinking and believing that we're rejected, that we're unlovable, that we are powerless, that we don't have any, uh, no, we, we, we don't have the capacity to make an impact, well then guess what? The people around us will, will see us the way we see ourselves. So self-perception is key, everybody. Self-perception is so important. We must, 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 must believe and begin to believe what God is saying about us. Who we are in Him. We have to believe that in the core of our being. If we don't believe that, well then we will never be able to fulfill God's promises for our lives, both individually and as a body. We must believe who God says we are. We must believe, the Israelites had to believe what God said about them. I'm giving you this land and I'm not going to drop it into your lap. You're going to be involved in battle to get it, but I am with you and I'm going to give you the land. Yes? So if you walk around behaving like you're unloved or rejected or voiceless or powerless 
or that, the, or, or that the issues around us in our culture are too big for us, this agenda, that agenda, that unbelief, this, everything else, oh, the church is, is the people hate the church, Christianity is being pushed aside. If, you, if, if that's your focus, well, that's, that's exactly what you get. Our senior pastor, John Arnott, said, said a phrase, one of those succinct phrases a bunch of years ago, and I still remember it, you get what you have faith for. You get what you have faith for. So if you believe that you're a loser, if you believe you're useless, if you believe you're a, a dirty, rotten sinner, well then that's exactly what you'll be. But if you, if you believe what the Bible says about you, what the Bible says about you, if you believe what the Bible says about you, then you will be loved, you'll be powerful, you'll be competent, you'll, have, you'll know your authority, you'll, you'll know that you're a son and a daughter of the living king, and you'll be able to walk with your destiny hand in hand with him, because he's with us, he's with you, he, he has promised to be with us always, and to lead us, and to direct us. Shout amen, somebody. Fast forward. Next point. Uh, it goes on in Numbers chapter 40, just following on in the story. The Lord said to Mo Did I go too far? No, yes. Numbers chapter 14, verses 7 and 8. This is Caleb speaking now. The first report was the, was the bad report by the ten, the ten unbelieving people. Here is Caleb's report. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Land flowing with milk and honey. Gorgeous trees, beautiful fertile land. This is what God says he's going to give us. It belongs to us. It's good. It's exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing, in, flowing with milk and honey, and, we will, and he will give it to us. Only, listen up everybody, listen up everybody, only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. The, the bad report was they will devour us. Caleb's report, the, the report of faith is we will devour them. Not in our own ability because we have none. We will devour them in the power and in the capacity of the God to whom we serve. Amen? Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because, they will, because we will devour them. Their protection is God, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do you see what he's saying? Fearfulness, everybody. Fearfulness is akin to rebellion. Like when we mollycoddle fear, when we hold on to fear, when we think fear is part of our identity, when we, when we pander to our fear and our, and, our, and our anxiety, what we're actually doing is we are equating ourselves with rebellion. That's what, that's what Caleb said. Let me read it to you again. Here's what he said. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is, God, is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Fearfulness is as rebellion. The Lord had promised them that they were going to inherit the land. He was going to give it to them. But here's a problem. Their natural circumstances, 
spoke more loudly in their ears and in their hearts than what the Lord had said. They looked around and they saw the giants in the land. They saw how, how difficult in their mind's eye, how difficult it was going to be. And they chose to believe that, what they saw, rather than what the, what the, God, of, the God of creation, the God of their salvation, they chose to believe that rather than what he said to them. That's not very smart, is it? They couldn't believe or see that the Lord was with them, all except for Caleb and Joshua, because they had that faith in their hearts. They were convinced that what God had said he was going to do. They hadn't forgotten the incredible miracle that God did, miracles that God did in their, in their lives, bringing them out of captivity into the promise or towards the promised land, the, the, the sea being parted, the manna coming from heaven, all incredible things. The fact that they walked for 40 years and none of their shoes wore out, none of their clothing wore out. That's miraculous. It's amazing. They, he, they, they, were, they were conscious of that in the sight of all, this, all the uh, visible obstacles. And they were choosing to believe that God is capable of fulfilling his word. Isn't it? So everybody, here's my, here's my exhortation to you and to me. It's time for us to overcome our fears and anxieties. And by overcoming, I don't mean fears and anxieties will completely be dissipated because we're circumstantial, circumstantial creatures and we live in this broken world and fear and anxieties will always be around. But by overcoming, I mean this, that even in spite of fear, in spite of anxiety, we hold on to what God says and we step into what he has for us. In, in other words, use fear and anxiety to propel you yeah. towards God's plan for your life. Don't let fear and anxiety uh, restrict you from stepping into what God, what God has for you. Amen? Stop owning our fears. As I said before, stop owning the, oh, I'm fearful of this, and I've had, I have a history of fear. Listen, I've, I've been a fearful child since I was a baby, and I have generational issues of fear. That's all, that may all be true and everything else, but stop owning fear like it belongs to you. Fear does not belong to us. They are an enemy of our soul. Break fellowship with our fears and anxiety and other sorts of sinfulness. Our pandering to our fearfulness and anxieties is like rebellion against the Lord. Next point. We are in danger if we do this. This is a serious moment. If we, if we do this, if we pander to fear, if we let the circumstances that we see with our eyes trump what God says for our lives personally and for what God is saying for us as a church, if we do that, we are in, in dire danger of losing the glory of God. Numbers chapter 14, verse, verses 11 and 12. So first we had the bad report. We had Caleb's report. Here's what God has to say about the thing. Here's what God says. The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me? 
That's God getting a little bit miffed, right? That's God getting a little bit angry at these people who had seen all the signs. In spite of all the signs I have performed among them, I will strike them down, he says, with a plague, da da da. Bad stuff is going to happen to them. If we, if we, if we don't, if we, if we don't choose, and here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of it. We, we never get to do any of this in our own strength because we can't. But the glorious news is we have the presence of God with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. That's why we make a big deal of, of the presence of God. That's why we, in our, all of our worship and, and communion, everything we do, we're always uh, 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 declaring, we're always declaring that we need God's presence with us. Because he is the one, he's the only one who's able to empower us and make us able to do what he's asking us to do. Isn't that an amazing thing? I love that, that God tells us to do stuff, but he never ever leaves us to do it in our own ability because he knows we can't. And the glorious news is that he comes alongside us. And by the way, we, in, in this side of the cross, we are way better off than the Israelites who didn't have access to the presence of God on the inside of them, right? He was, well, he was only a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and he was there in their midst, but he wasn't at that time living in, in each and every individual heart. But now he is because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he died on the cross, he rose again from the dead, and he, sent, he and the Father sent the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, ushering a new dispensation for us as believers to have the Spirit, the very Spirit of the living God in some incredible way inside of us. You've heard me say this a million times. We are now walking mobile headquarters, headquarters of the Holy Spirit. I mean, of, of, the, uh, of the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. So we were, we we're way better off than the Israelites who couldn't do what God was asking them to do. But we can because we have a much better covenant, Paul says. A covenant with a glory that never fades. In fact, it's only supposed to increase in our lives. The glory of the covenant of this relationship with God that we have now is only meant to increase and never to decrease. Remember that story? So... This is a strong exhortation for all of us to deal with the things that limit us from stepping into God's promises for our lives. If we do this individually, if we learn to, if we learn to do this individually, then we're going to be amazing. If we, uh, and also, it, as, it happens, as it happens individually, it will also happen corporately, right? But because we'll get to bring our own glorious testimonies to share with the group. Here's what God did. Here's how I overcome this. Here's how I overcame lust. Here's, here's how I overcame a sense of rejection, a sense of abandonment. Here's how God healed me in my body physically, etc., etc. And we'll, and we'll get to share those stories and we get to encourage each other. That's part of discerning the body. We take communion every single Sunday. In that passage, later on, if you read it, Paul talks about discerning the body correctly. That's part of discerning the body is recognizing God at work in each and every one of us. Shabbat.
Okay, everybody. What are the giants in your life? This is ministry time now. What are the giants in your life? What are the giants? What are the massive Nephilim type, whatever bizarre thing that is? What are, what are the giants? What are, what are the Goliaths in your life? What are the nine feet tall, uh, 600 pound things that you can't overcome in your, that seem like you can't overcome in your own strength or in, in your own ability? Are they fear? We've already mentioned fear already. Uh, Kayan gave a wonderful list. Are they, is it anxiety? Is it disappointment with God? I bet you if I, if I were to tap into a moment of brutal honesty and ask how many people are disappointed with God, most hands will go up. But I wouldn't ask that question right now. Disappointment, doubts, unbelief, rejection, unworthiness, shame, hopelessness about personal change. I've been living this Christian life so long and there's been just maybe a few little tweaks here and there but really I'm not really the person that I, that, that I wanted to be. If, if you asked me 10 years ago what it was going to be like now, I'm not there. That's everybody's story, man. This is the reality of the human condition. But the beauty of it is that God is with us. Another major area of concern for almost everybody in this room would be I've been praying so long for my family members. I've been a Christian for 5,500 years, and still my, my family members haven't become believers in Jesus. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my faith? Doesn't God love me? Doesn't God see the pain that I'm going through because my brothers and sisters aren't believers yet, and they're not walking heart to heart with me? What are the giants that you're facing? Well, here's what I would suggest for us to do, is that we actually make a list we make a list. We take some time this afternoon or this evening or sometime, make a list of the things that seem humongous in our lives, the changes we can't seem to bring about, that haven't come about so far. Make a list of those things. Make a list of them. Face the giants. Face them. And then break number two. M number one, make a list. Number two, break agreement with every single lie that causes you, that has caused you to give room to these giants. Every single lie that has fed you believing, those, those giants are so big that I can't overcome them. Number three, ask God for forgiveness. Ask God for, ask God to forgive you for believing those lies, whatever those lies may be. Number four, ask Holy Spirit to help you to, to, to dust off the faith, dust off, blow away the cobwebs in our hearts, in the attic of our hearts that we've allowed to fester. We've allowed, to, we've allowed those, those lies to, 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 to have room in our hearts. Ask God to help us to remove those things, help us to put fresh fire, fresh faith, awaken faith in our hearts and then begin to step into like the men and the women of God that you are like the boys and the girls the sons and daughters of a wonderful heavenly daddy step into what he has promised you give it one more try you've done this a hundred times give it one more try 
and see if the Lord will not come through for you. I know He will. You know why I know? You know how I know He will? Because His book says so. We have, we have the story of Caleb and Joshua, the only two were, who were able to enter the promised land. They all died. They, God made sure that the guys with the bad report, they all died. Joshua and Caleb were able to step into the promised land. And they were able to take the territory that God had already planned for them to have. I know it's true because I read, I read about David and Goliath, and most of you have David and Goliath, where, where this little Jewish boy with a sling and, a, and some stones, five stones. Actually, he just used one stone, and he hit the, the, the guy in his head. He, David did it. I can tell you personal testimonies of small ways and big ways that God has overcome giants in my life. God is on the, God is on the war path, everybody. God is on the war path. Tomorrow we're having elections, and that's causing a lot of stirring, and everybody's, and Christians are saying this and that, Listen, listen, you rule and reign. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are not, your, your, your Christian capacity is not capped by who is ruling the nation, okay? Your Christian influence, your ability to influence this nation is not limited by who is ruling politically, whether it's liberals or NDP or whoever. You are seated with Christ and you are co ruling with him if you believe it you are co-ruling with him and you can influence the outcomes we can influence the outcomes of a whole bunch of things in this nation the starting point is self-perception knowing who we are number two it's believing what God has said believing the promises he's given to us and number three it's not pandering to our own fears and anxieties and our own doubts and insecurities. We all have them, but we can't feed them. That's what I'm saying. Let's not feed those things. Let, let's feed faith in what God has said. That's why it's so important for Michelle and, and all of us to take time every week. If you can't do a whole day, take half a day like Michelle plans to do. So you soak in God's presence. Reacquaint ourselves spirit to spirit with this God who is alive and who speaks to us spirit to spirit. Stir up his promises in our hearts and then step in to what he has for us. Amen? Let's all stand and we'll... Do you want to add anything, Levy? I feel maybe you have something. There's a microphone right there. This is Pastor Elsie, everybody. Oh, um... As I was sitting there, I just heard the Lord say that um, it could be more than one person, but there was oh. a, an, a, you closed your heart to forgiving. It's like you've pushed it out of your mind. You've pushed it out of your mind. And you don't necessarily remember that. But what your question is, Lord, I don't know why I don't feel anything. I, don't, I feel like there's a wall and I can't get past it. And the Lord's saying that he will go with you to that place where you put on false armor, where you put on something that is marring your personality, it's marring your future. 
And he wants you to know he's with you. And he will help you to take down that self-protection. Mm. You, you've protected yourself for so long that you don't know um, how to see yourself without that. And he's saying, I want to be your protection. You don't have to, to protect yourself any longer. And, and all he's asking for you is to let go of the unforgiveness. Jesus is the door. He is, he made the way to walk in forgiveness. He's the door to walk right in to that future without, um, without forgiving you will not encounter the love of God the way that he's intended. You won't know your future the way he's intended. All of us get to walk this way. And if anyone is feeling um, that wall, like you can't feel, you can't even think past a certain point, he's asking you, let go. Begin the journey at least to walk in forgiveness. Just Jesus will show you how the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Mm. And so, um, just in the privacy of your own heart, let's just say, I break agreement mm. with unforgiveness. Yeah. It has been a false way of protecting my life, and it is taking me away from God, not closer. I break agreement with the spirit of unforgiveness, which has ridden in now on that, that lack of forgiveness. I feel like there's been a fortification, a demonic fortification, where you've just denied that you had to do that. And he's saying, the Lord is saying, no, you're going to have to face this, but you're not alone. And we release courage right now mm -hmm. so that you can yes, Lord, enter that dialogue with the Lord, know his heart, he was with you in every one of those situations and he wants to free you and remove that dullness, remove that, that inability to feel. And so in the name of Jesus, we stand together for each other and we break agreement with a spirit of unforgiveness. And Lord, we ask that we would be the fastest ones to forgive and the ones that go the deepest with God because we have access to every emotion that we need. We have access to every thought, every God thought, because we have no barriers. Mm. And we, we just thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood on the cross so that we can enter through that door. And we say yes to you today, amen. Just put your hands out like this, like you're receiving a gift. And I'm just going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come to each and every one of us who uh, is ready and hungry for change and for transformation. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come in your power, in your gentleness, in your love, in your boldness, in your fiery presence. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, every single thing that we need, whether it's boldness or courage or just a stronger sense of being loved by you, Lord, whatever it is we need to be able to step into every single thing that you have for us, every single promise you've made to us, Lord, I ask that by the power of your spirit, you would come 
and just help us right now. I just release, whoa, I release the grace of the Holy Spirit in this room. I release, I, I release the enabling grace of the Holy Spirit in this room to enable us to live the lives, to take the risks, to face the giants that you've put in our way, God, so that we can learn who we are in you, that we can step into our true identities as sons and daughters of the living King. So come, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us by your breath. Anoint us and fill us in a fresh new way today. Let the love of the Father fuel every single thing that, that we do, every single motive of our hearts. Let the love of God, the love of the Father, just come and fill us right now. Fresh filling with your love, oh God. For the love of Christ has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, and touch us. Fill our hearts. Fill us up to overflowing. Surprise us with your closeness. Surprise us with your presence with us. Remind us of your words to us, both in the scriptures and the words you've spoken to us personally through prophetic words or dreams or visions or whatever, however you've spoken to us. Lord, remember, remind us of those things. Stir them up in our hearts. And we'll, and we'll bring them to the forefront of our minds. And we'll honor those words. We'll bless those words. We'll live for you, Jesus. your presence, Lord. Amen. Hey, everybody. We're shifting gears as a congregation. We're shifting gears. We're still going to do the upward journey, loving God, that passionate love, love relationship with God. We're still going to do the inward stuff, getting our hearts healed and making sure that, 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 that there's greater capacity for the, for the love of God to flow in our hearts, but we're actually going to become even more intentional about the outward journey. Right? That's a big deal. We're going to be making a big deal about going and making an impact on the community around us, both in this church location, but also the places that we spend most of our time during the course of the week, in offices, in our businesses, in school, in the grocery stores, with family members, with neighbors, wherever we are, where we spend most of our time, I'm going to be helping you to get better at loving people and helping people know who Jesus is. That's my commitment to you for the next year. Amen? Whether you like it or not. Bless you. Let's go eat. Lord, bless the food, make it juicy and good. Amen.